right, bodybuilding. This is our last set, our last round of push-ups or whatever we're doing here, <laughs> whatever workout you've decided you're doing. Uh, so I called my message today wrapping up the gifts, and I didn't realize till, till about a couple days later that this was a pun, like wrapping gifts. So I guess, I guess when you become a dad, these things just kind of naturally come to you. And so pray for me, pray for me. <laughs> uh, I hope you've enjoyed this series. I, as much as I've enjoyed learning about each gift, um, I feel like as we've done this series, I've learned a lot myself and, and looking at each gift specifically uh, has really taught me a lot and it's challenged me a lot as well. Uh, to see all these gifts as essential to the body. So, so I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, today, I want to, it's going to be a shorter lesson this morning, but I want to just share some of the takeaways that we can take away from, from this series. Kind of, kind of what's next? What, what are the things that we should learn or should, should have learned from this series? So my takeaways, let's see if this works. There we go. The first takeaway is just an observation. We have a lot of get diverse, we have a diverse mix of gifts at Trinity. I don't know if you've noticed that, but uh, when we did the, the survey, uh, we got some of the results back from you and we have a really diverse mix. So I, I'm gonna put up the, the pie graph here. And as you can see, just take a quick look at that. It, it looks, if you're just looking from a distance, this looks like a nice piece of pie. Maybe the pieces of pie are a little bit too small if you're feeling really hungry, but <laughs> but it seems like this is a nice mix. There's We have a lot of teachers. We have a lot of wisdom. Um, we also have a lot of people who show hospitality and, and have some of the service and helping gifts. I love that. We also have a number of people who are, are gifted in the manifestation gifts as well. Uh, I think... Trinity is one of the most diversely gifted churches that I've been a part of. So I think it's so great. Um, I know, and I know in some of my conversations with some of you, I, I come away from different conversations thinking, wow, that person is really, maybe some people, when I talk to them, they're always thinking about how can we serve our community? How can we help people? And I just think that person is such a strongly gifted. They have such a strong gift of mercy. And then other people I talk to, I come away learning new things. And I think that person is a teacher. They have a lot of knowledge, a lot of uh, their ability to communicate. So I think it's so cool. And I hope you do too, that, that the Lord has been so gracious to us to give us such a diverse body. So that's kind of the first just observation that I've learned from this series that we have a, a really diverse mix. Why is this not working? Okay, there we go. Uh, the second takeaway is kind of another thing that I've, I've been thinking about as we've been going, that church is supposed to be a team sport. It's supposed to be a team sport. John Wimber uh, once said that everyone gets to play. In the kingdom of God, everyone gets to play. And I love that quote because as we've been working through this gifts, this gift series, this has really stood out to me that, that the church is meant to be something where everyone brings their gifts. We can't do it with just one or two people who, who are using their gifts. We need everyone to bring their gifts. And so for the church to be very healthy, we need everyone 
to be using the gifts that God has given them. So I hope that we can, I hope that as we've done this series, you've realized that church can't be done by just one or two leaders. Um, we, we need to move away from this understanding that, that the pastors have all the, the spiritual knowledge. They have all the wisdom. Uh, they have all the, I don't know, the spiritual stuff. Um, we need to move away from that understanding and recognize that, that it's just our job as pastors to equip you for ministry because you are all ministers. We are all ministers together. So that's just something I've learned as we've, as, as we've worked through this series, something that's really become strong on my mind. Church is a team sport. Everyone gets to play. Um, so, yeah, as, I, as I've reflected on this, I've had to wrestle with the question, are we making space for everyone to use their gift? Are we, are we doing church in such a way that everyone is able to use their gift and feel like their gift is being valued? And so as I thought about this, uh, I, I kind of pictured in myself, to myself, what do I think of church? When I think I'm going to go to church, what do I picture in my mind? So maybe you can do this exercise with me. Uh, picture yourself walking into a, maybe a new church that you've never been to. What do you picture happening? So I know for me, I picture myself walking into the door, maybe saying hi to a few people. Then I'll walk into the building, sit in my chair, uh, try to avoid some awkward conversations maybe, or <laughs> have a few awkward conversations, sit in my chair. Then we'll sing some songs together, sing some worship. And then I'll listen to a teaching. And then after the service, maybe we'll pray. Maybe we will, I'll talk to a few more people and then I'll go home. And that's, that's pretty much my, when I think of church, that's, that's what I think of. It's kind of like this picture here that we come and we're all kind of facing the front where there's worship and there's the, the leader, the pastor. But as we, as we work through this series, I've kind of realized this is a bit of a weird understanding of church. This is a bit of a weird understanding of church. In, in this kind of model, really the, the main gift that's being used is teaching, is the gift of teaching. And that's, it's typically only being used by one person, the pastor or, or whoever's leading the service. And everyone else is kind of expected to have the gift of listening which isn't a gift, obviously. <laughs> but, but in this model, it's, it's kind of one main gift that's being overemphasized and only being used. Maybe there's other gifts happening in the background, but, but that's kind of the main one. So I've really been challenged in this series to think, do, are, we, are we putting too much emphasis on the teacher? Do we need to see other gifts and bring them up and, and allow them to have... Um, more strength in the service in the Sunday gatherings as well. Because as I said, each one of us has a gift that's not just important, but essential to the church, essential to the body. So if you're feeling like, I don't know what my calling is or what my purpose is, God has given you a, an essential gift to the church. I really want to encourage you in that. So, as we've done this little exercise about thinking about church, uh, I just want to read a passage in, in scripture about 
the early church. What did the early church services look like? Uh, so let's read 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26 to 33. There's a couple passages in scripture that talk about the early church and kind of give us a picture of what did they do? What did they, what happened when they gathered together? So this, let's read this one together. Uh, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church will be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop, for you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of, of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. So, what do you notice about this passage? Yeah, those are all really good points. Um, those are those add to my list that I made here. Uh, everyone plays a part, like Brian said. Um, I'm sure there were I'm sure there were people who came and they didn't maybe people who were new, and I'm sure they would watch and kind of see what's going on and maybe sit off to the side a little bit. But but for the most part, everyone had something that they brought. The second thing I noticed is that the manifestation gifts are happening. Prophecy and, and tongues with interpretation were happening. Um, and along with that, the service was really engaging. I don't know <laughs> if, you, if you went to a service like this that was happening today, I, I'm very confident you would not be bored. I'm very confident you would be very engaged. You'd be, maybe you'd be a little nervous and a little sitting on the edge of your seat because What's going to, who's going to, what's going to be said next? What is, uh, what's the Lord going to say to people? Um, so, so this, and yeah, some of the other things you guys said were really good. It, it, it was all, it was orderly. It was also meant to build the church up. Um, it was done in peace. These are all really important things. And so I think the big question that we need to ask ourselves is, is do we want church to be more like this? As we've looked at the gifts, we know that we know in our brains that every gift really matters to the church. We know that. Um, but do we want church to be more like this? Do we, why does it often look so different than this? That's, that's a bit of a challenging question, I know. And it's a question I've been wrestling with a little bit too. Um, but I think it's one that's really important because, because we talk so much about everyone's got gifts, everyone's got gifts, but we really need everyone to contribute their gifts as well for, for the body, to build up the body. We can't build up the body with just an eye or just a hand or, or yeah, with just a pastor. We need everyone. We need all the gifts together. So um, let's, let's wrestle with this question and let's continue to talk about this question. And let's have, let's have an open heart to what the Spirit wants to do. Um, I think sometimes when we think about the early church and we think about 
some of these manifestation gifts and prophecy and tongues. Um, I know sometimes people have been hurt by these things. Sometimes prophetic words are given that are not from God and they, they divide and they cause hurt and they cause pain. And, and but, but I, I don't think we can allow those things to, to give us the fear to not make space for these gifts. We know these gifts are very important. So, so I think we, yeah, we need to continue to have our hearts open and do practice the gifts in a way that is, is uh, in an environment of love, of safety, and one that builds people up as well. So I encourage you to think about this and to maybe read over this passage on your own time and, and ask the Lord about it. Ask him to reveal to you Lord, what, is, what does this look like for us? What does this look like for me with my gifts? How can I use my gifts at, at Trinity or, or even outside of Trinity? Um, so I encourage you to do that this week. The last takeaway, you've heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again. Love is the foundation and the goal of the gifts. Love, everything has to be done in love. So... I want, to, I want to just read a big chunk of 1 Corinthians 12. And um, as I read this, I just I'm going to read it a little bit slowly. And so I encourage you to maybe close your eyes and really, really think about the words. Let them sink in. So let's read it together. 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to start at verse 12. Just as one body, though one, has its many parts, but all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all, uh, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. He placed every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. I'm speaking to you, Trinity. You are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church 
first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And yet, I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. It's taking a shot at drummers there. <laughs> if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. Those are, those are strong words. If I give all I possess to the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. Love never fails. What a beautiful poetic passage and a very strong passage. Paul talks about all these crazy cool gifts, faith that can move mountains, healing, healing people. Um, I don't know if you've ever seen a, a, a strong healing where maybe someone who was blind could see or someone who was in a wheelchair could get up. That is powerful stuff. But if, if we have that, but we don't have love, we are missing the mark. So I'm going to always keep coming back to love, love. Love is the foundation and the goal of the gifts. I know you're probably thinking, Jake, you're starting to sound like a clanging symbol yourself, but this is a symbol I'm going to keep hitting. I'm going to keep hitting this symbol that love is the foundation and the goal of the gifts. Now, as I reflect on our Trinity congregation, I actually think we have a very loving congregation. I actually think we're, we're on a pretty good track with this. Um, I know there's a lot of people who who are continually looking for ways to bless people around them. People who are always looking for ways, how can we love our congregation? How can we love people outside of our church? And I know, I know many of you have struggled with in a lot of ways in life and love is still your driving force. Love is still, still sensitive. You, have, you still have a sensitive heart. And it's such a beautiful thing to be a part of a church like this. And so I want to encourage you and say, we are, I think we are on the right track. So let's continue to deepen our love for each other. Um, what does that look like during COVID? We have to be creative, maybe do porch visits with people or, or call people up. Um, there's lots of ways we can be creative in, in showing our love for each other. But, but I think right now is such an important time for us to really solidify our, our love for each other and our love for God. So so love is the end goal. And that is how I want to wrap up this whole series. That love 
is is the pillar. It's the um, the foundation and the goal of the spiritual gifts. So let's close in prayer. I just want to close this time in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you for um, the deep, unfathomable love that you've poured out on us. And we, I really don't think we grasp it most of the time. I just pray you'd continue to open our eyes to this great love. Allow us to see and understand in our spirits the amount of love you've shown us. And Lord, as we grow in this understanding, I pray that it will encourage us to love those around us, to forgive those around us, to see the best in people around us, to not nitpick little things that, are, that we don't like in other people. Lord, we are your body. We don't want to, if we're a hand, we don't want to criticize the foot or the eye or, or people who are different than us. But your whole church is your body and, and we love your church. So Father, we pray that you're we would be open to the things of your spirit. We pray that all the gifts you've given us, that we will use them faithfully. And, and all in all, we pray that we would do everything in love for each other and for you. So we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.